So that was how um, my sort of way of approaching crystals and working with crystals was born, which is um, very much based on cultivating a loving relationship with them. And sort of through that relationship, um, getting into a co-creative state with them because they're naturally capable of a whole lot than we give our you know, limited minds permission to believe and to think. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dream Collective podcast. I'm so excited for our guest today. On the pod, I have Damala Aktikin. She is an energetic wound healer, coach, and writer who helps other self-healers and healers move beyond their energetic wounds and shine brighter than they thought possible so they can fully show up in their lives to heal themselves, their families, and their soul tribes. She is the author of some life of some life-changing daily practice journals, including 40 days of Shanti mantra journal, crystal healing journal. She's also the creator of chakra bliss vault energy healing membership and the host of conversations with healers podcast. She loves holding space for those with energetic wounds and teaching bliss filled healing movement and meditation journeys. You can find out more about her offerings and take a quiz to determine your energetic wounds and how they show up in your life on her website, which is a drop of on.com. And don't worry, I will put the link below. So welcome Damla. Yay. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Hi, Holly. Hello. I'm so happy to have you on this podcast and talk all about crystals and energetic wound healing. And I would just first off, love to, you know, find out what drew you to working with crystals for healing. It was very uh, synchronistic. I happened to be at a time in my life. This is in 2012. Um, prior to that, I was a full-time yoga teacher. In 2012, I gave birth to my daughter through emergency C-section, which basically took me to a uh, I don't want to say a dark place, but it exposed everything in me that needed healing. So in that time uh, of my life, I made a conscious decision to heal and move forward. And I just sort of opened my perception to whatever might show up. And crystal healing was one of the things that showed up. I simply began to experiment with them on my own. And then I um, started to heal first my family and then private clients and sort of evolved from there to where I am right now. Wow. <laughs> and so like was crystals on your radar or were you just kind of intuitively drawn to them? I honestly, I just came across uh, like a YouTube interview one night and then I, um, I didn't even have a crystal until that point. And then I went and bought, of course, the biggest crystals I could find. <laughs> and one of the things they were sharing in that interview was um, holding your hands, uh, bringing your palms together towards each other and feeling the energy between your hands, and then placing a crystal in your hand and doing the same thing uh, to, to feel the energy of the crystals. And when I did that, and I felt like how much bigger and larger the energy I was feeling was from the crystal that was sort of my entry point into wow there's so much more here that I would like to explore 
And then my exploration was as a new mom, I had very little time. I didn't have time to register to a course. I didn't have time to um, read a bunch of books. So I did what I, I took what I knew, which was the chakra philosophy from the yogic tradition. Um, so I laid down, I put a bunch of crystals on myself and I just closed my eyes and went into meditation. And But the one thing I did consistently was I took notes about how I was feeling before and then after. And um, every single time I could feel a shift, a release, a relief in how I felt. Sometimes it was just in my throat. Sometimes it was in my belly. Sometimes I felt an overall sense of like expansiveness and openness. Um, and that opened me up to... Um, doing more with them. And the first uh, client that I had was my mother-in-law. She's she's been through some major childhood trauma. And I, I just intuitively took her through a uh, guided meditation that I sort of devised <laughs> on the go. And she came out of it. Um, so we placed the crystals on her. I was working with her, just following my intuition, following where my hands wanted to go. Um, she came out of it, there were tears, but they were tears of relief on her face. And she told me she was hearing music that I wasn't playing. And she came out like feeling um, like a different person. So then I was like, ah, okay, that's something I need to share with other people. So that was how um, my sort of way of approaching crystals and working with crystals was born, which is... Um, very much based on cultivating a loving relationship with them and sort of through that relationship um, getting into a, a co-creative state with them because they're naturally capable of a whole lot than we give our you know limited minds permission to believe and to think and uh, for me what opened the door was because I didn't memorize um any books and any advice. By the way, anytime I did look for advice, I would see competing thoughts on, you know, this crystal is only used for, for this, which wasn't my experience, or this crystal only goes to your heart because it's pink, which wasn't my experience also. So I said, okay, let me see. I just want to feel the way I feel the first time I held one in my hand. And then the, the, the first few times I just experimenting with, with them in and around my own and around my body. And I went with that. I was like, okay, how else I, can I connect with them? How else can I um, find a way to uh, not necessarily understand and decide? Like I wasn't looking to it and with a scientific mind. I was more interested in the experiential um, and treating them as vibrational structures we are vibrational structures um vibrational structures that needed um the same kind of respect and um the same kind of loving gaze that every living and non-living thing deserves around us so that's sort of the basis of what i teach and practice today wow i love that so the <laughs> first thing that really stood out was when you said, you know, the first time that you started working with the crystal, you held it, you, you felt the energy between your hands and then you put the crystal in and then you felt what that felt like. I have never done that before. And while you were talking, I just did it because I'm holding a crystal right now. <laughs> and I could totally feel it. Like it was like harder to kind of push my hands together. Like I could feel 
energy there. Yeah. Yeah. Another fun thing you can do is, um, which is something I used to teach to um, five to six year olds. I held a meditation workshop for them. You can hold the crystal and you can imagine yourself getting tiny, like a tiny person and you go inside the crystal and then you look around and you see and feel and it was funny because these five-year-olds, I haven't told them, like I haven't taught them anything about crystals, but they would say, say that they saw geometric shapes. They would say that they saw different colors and lights, light. So um, of course, each um, what you see is unique to you. But then I would also urge you to, to compare, just pick up another crystal and then go into them. So it's... Um, similar to you just closing your eyes and going into your body, which by the way, your body is also crystal. You are made of uh, fascia, which behaves, um, which has piezoelectric properties, just like crystals. You know, so you can receive, hold and distribute electrical energy in your body, just like crystals can. So the same way you can close your eyes and you can go into your heart, you can go into your belly, you can do the same with crystals. And sometimes in the cases of trauma and energetic wounds, when people aren't able to do that um, yet uh, within their bodies, they don't feel safe enough. Um, crystals are there to show you, to give you a, an experience of what it would be like to go into yourself. And they're there to remind you of the beauty and the geometrical perfectness and the structure and the amazingness you carry inside you. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to do that exercise after we're done here because that's, <laughs> that's really interesting. And I, I love how you really encourage and invite people to listen to their intuition and not pay attention to what this crystal is supposed to be good for, but really feel for yourself what it resonates best and, and most closely for you, I think is so important because we're, we're, we're not a one size fits all. <laughs> no, we're not. And, um, honestly, I believe each crystal is also unique, even if we're looking at, uh, like a million amethysts, I don't know, tumbled stones in a box They're they're each going to be unique. So what they have or what they have inside to teach you or tell you is going to be different so um and children know this one of the things that my my daughter loved um ever since being five is we would go to a crystal store and she she knew what what to reach for and what to pick and it's it's just remembering that curiosity and that um that awesomeness that you have you already have mm -hmm. this um innate knowledge in you of knowing what you're drawn to and what you're drawn to is good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just the power of yourself. That's yeah. really, really beautiful. Oh my gosh. I, I yeah. love all of that. Yeah. And I invite people to just have fun with it. You know, that's the other piece of it. If this becomes another chore, um, another thing you need to learn and memorize and add to add to your self-feeling practices it's not going to work it's only going to work if you fall in love with it and the way to fall in love with with it is um to spend time see if you work and i i usually tell people to pick um you can start with like one to three crystals is enough to get started but you could get started with like 10 is probably the maximum i would say take those 10 crystals um and one of the things 
I did, Holly, this this recent <laughs> this recent year during the pandemic is I wrote uh, a few self-healing journals, and one of them is called Crystal Healing Journal, which walks you through sort of a 21-day um, meditation and also a cultivating of um, healing connection journey. So um, I advise you to pick um, six to seven crystals or up to 10. And then I invite you to sort of ask questions to them and then listen and um, take the time every single day for 21 days to sit with them and be with them, go inside them or feel how they feel on you, around you. And that's the best way to learn. I can tell you all about like how great and amazing chocolate is, but unless you taste and bite into it, you're not going to be convinced. So um, that's another way you can dive into the world of crystals. Yeah, I like that. It's like really building a relationship with crystals. You know, like when I first started working with crystals, I didn't really communicate with them. I would just like hold them or put them under my pillow or put them in my pocket, which I, I feel was very helpful. But how you're talking about like fostering that, like asking them questions and meditate with them more and and really spending, like you said, that 21 days with them could be a really powerful practice. It is. I can tell you it can be life-changing on so many levels. Yeah. For me, one of the biggest shifts of perception that came out of this was, okay, if I'm um, taking the the time to connect with this just one element, one mineral, one crystal, and I'm, I'm treating it with respect, I'm looking at it with love, I'm allowing it to get to know me, what would happen if I extended the same courtesy to, to the um, glass of water I hold? Water is a liquid crystal to, the, um, to my walls. The drywall has minerals in them. I mean, so many things hold electromagnetic properties and geometrical information all around us, not just inside the body, but all around us. And then that opened up <laughs> another avenue for me, which is, what if I I intend, I'm not saying it's perfectly possible every day, but my intention is to, to live in reverence of all things that contribute to my life and our life in some way. And that actually came out of my practice with crystals. Mm, wow. It sounds like, you know, it's really connecting, like experiencing our interconnectedness on such a different way. And such an energetic, like, I don't know, mineral way. I don't know what the, the right way to say that is, but I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like, um, first of all, everything we do it influences everything else. Like I used to, I'm recovering from not liking uh, filling my dishwasher that much. <laughs> 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 the pandemic add, added to it. I didn't, you know, I wasn't friends with it before. But now I'm like, I wake up, I do that, that what I saw was a chore. And then it's that energy carries over to my healing work. So my practice has been, what if I do this with, with reverence, with grace? I pick up the ceramic mugs, which have been, I mean, they have earth in them the glasses they and they absorb energy <laughs> so mm -hmm. and they have water and air in them like uh, there there's bacteria in them so there is 
there's things you can talk to in everything you touch. You can touch and open your doors, your cabinets a little gentler. And then that becomes this contemplative practice of, okay, this is um, not just something mundane. This is not a chore. How can I add that level of love into everything I do? And um, that actually continues, uh, is continuing to become my practice of gratitude. That's sort of changing my attitude toward the daily, the mundane, the stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like bringing magic into the mundane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So what, I, I know you've shared like a few things already, but are there some really simple kind of go-to things that somebody can do to just really start bringing in crystal magic and crystal healing into their life? Um, well, if you're, most of us have, um, I was going to say, if you're open to it, there's that element, of course. I mean, um, we, most of us already have a crystal at home. If you have jewelry, gold and silver, they're minerals as well. You probably have a pendant that is a natural stone. So you don't necessarily invest, um, need to invest a lot of money into it. Um, and then the willingness part comes, uh, there's a little bit of a leap of faith, of course, in saying, in accepting or in um, opening to the assumption that there's a vibrational intelligence in front of you rather than just something pretty to look at <laughs> and to say, not to say, um, what what are you good for like when i meet someone i don't ask them what can i use you for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? you know why why are we together um but i i sort of look into their eyes there's i may ask them questions they may ask me questions there's an energetic conversation that happens so more than what you do i would say how you do it matters how you approach them it's adding that element of loving kindness into it would matter. Um, I personally love touching and um, seeing my crystals as I, uh, if I'm getting new ones, that's a lot of fun to walk into a crystal store and just pick three, three, three of them. And they don't have to be super expensive or super big because this is vibrational medicine. Um, it doesn't have to be, the crystal doesn't have to be big for it to work and function with you. And um, just play, play around with it. If you need additional help, support, you can always go to my website. There's a ton of information there. I have an online course about this with uh, guided meditations. Um, there's the journal, the crystal healing journal that I mentioned. Um, but the first thing I would say is as you enter that store, Imagine that you're entering into a, a community. These are all individual vibrational structures, just like you are. You are a drop of OM, a drop of vibration, and they, they are drops of vibration. They're carrying the beauty of Earth, the essence of um, geometric uh, beauty. And they're carrying so much more than we know because they've been around. If you think about it, they're one of our ancestors. They've been around for million millions and millions of years even around more than us and they'll continue to be around <laughs> after us mm -hmm. and um so that that adds a different kind of 
attitude to how you approach even before you start the healing and meditation practice how do you approach um just getting in touch with that structure that would be my key tip yeah i like how you say you know approach it like a community and talk to it as if it's a new friend not saying like what are you going to give me or like what am i going to get from this relationship but just i don't know it's like a, a sense of curiosity and exploration yeah and like yeah. building a friendship that's beautiful yeah, yeah. that's yeah. powerful <laughs> And some of them, just like humans, some of them might be more eager to communicate with you. They're shinier, you know, they're, you know, and some of them, them are more introverts. Maybe they don't want to communicate with you right then in the store. But once you take them home, they, they like that more intimate connection. So it's, it's fun. It's all sorts of fun. You can discover things about crystals and you can discover things about you. So, yeah. So can you share like one of your most like maybe magical or profound experiences with a crystal and what crystal was that? Um, I, I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> They're listening right now. <laughs> yeah. One of the, the most magical moments was, um, I, I went to a, uh, crystal store, which was in, in the house of a healer. She, she, um, was distributing this particular type of crystals that are called Andara crystals. And they're meant to carry this very strong energy and they have different types, different colors. And um, she was doing sort of a, uh, just like an ex uh, just what I'm ex expressing to you. So you could um, sort of pick up the crystals, you could, if you wanted to meditate with them. And I just, I was drawn to one of the crystals. It was this, um, this grayish looking, it had bubbles inside, and I didn't look up the name. I took the crystals uh, on my hand, um, on, in my palms and then next to my heart. And as soon as I closed my eyes, I wasn't just in the ocean. I could see an ocean, but I wasn't just in the ocean. I was the ocean. I was the whales. I was the dolphins. I get chills even as I oh my gosh. <laughs> mention it. Um, and I was, whoa, I was like, whoa, what's happening? And I, I opened my eyes when I looked at the name of the crystal. Um, it was called Seafoam Andara. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the, the, you know, magical moments in my life because, um, I didn't even need to know what it was. I could feel in and sense into what the crystal was willing to show to me. So yeah, does that answer your wow. question? <laughs> yeah, that is, that's powerful. You know, it, was, it, it it's interesting because when you were talking before about uh, the community of crystals, like when you walk into the store, I also thought about how these crystals are really just parts of ourselves and we're parts of them. And it's almost like this homecoming and how you just describe that now of the crystal revealing to you that you are all of the ocean and you're the whales and all the creatures and everything like that is, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Spiritual awakening with crystals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And other times, I mean, some crystals are um, more in tune with earth energy this particular one was definitely all about water and the wisdom of the ocean and all that so it's um they do have you know specialty 
or more dominant areas. But I also find with the seafoam elder one in particular, like it, um, she's she has worked with me on so many different issues and levels. She brings her own wisdom, but is open to more. So I don't this, which is another reason why I don't like classifying them. Like someone looking at this experience from from outside might say, "Oh, that's water element. Water element only goes to second chakra." But but no, we're we're all water. Water is everywhere. <laughs> water is in the air. So there's so much you can do with them if you and understand and learn with them if you don't limit yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we're such complex beings. We don't necessarily understand our totality and don't necessarily understand, you know, perhaps how the element of water might be assisting us in this moment. And so when we limit to say like water is only good for this, we might be cutting off ourselves from being available to where we actually need that healing to come in, whether it's energetically or where in our body that might be. Yes. So, yeah, I, I love how you really say like, it's about just working with it and letting it intuitively work with you. I think I, I love how you mentioned the community element. Another thing that, that I want to mention is, so as you connect with just one crystal, because they're they're a collective species you're connecting with each and every mineral in the multiverse so it's like you holly when you go to the dream world you don't just say you know the dream work only dream work only does this but when you're more open of course i mean you do need an intention you do need an entry point you do need a practice and, and an activation uh but beyond that the possibilities are really limitless mm, i love that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what um i, I was kind of curious too because you're saying how you introduce crystals to your daughter have you noticed how she intuitively works with crystals is it is it different? Is it unique? Like, has she kind of had some really, I don't know, unorthodox ways of tuning in with them yeah, compared she to like how them. we're supposed to? <laughs> she names them. She's been naming them since she was three years old. She gives them different names, which I encourage people. I don't always remember the geographical or mineral names of the crystals. Um, or on, to be perfectly honest, I'm not that much interested in that part of it. I'm more interested in the beautiful conversation, the energetic conversation. She uh, color codes my crystals <laughs> and she used to um, make cities with them. She used to make cities and then she would make little um, play things out of them. Like there would be a grocery store made up of crystals and then the little characters would go in. Like she made her, her worlds in them. Yes. Uh, and now she, of course, she has her own little collection of crystals <laughs> and talks to them and all that good stuff. But it's just, you know, um, being my daughter, I guess. Oh, <laughs> see, that is so cool. <laughs> what I, what I do, but, um, I've seen, um, in, in the little time that I did work with, with kids pre-pandemic, there is, um, an incredible amount of openness in them and they, um, they approach it with a, with a, they don't have preconceived notions of what it, what it's, they don't consider it woo or out there. It's just another thing for them to explore and, and see and be with. So, 
yeah, very, very open to it. Very cool. Very cool. And now you had mentioned earlier, um, before we started the podcast about how you started creating these gratitude journals, 40 days of gratitude. Um, and so I wanted you to share more about that because you, it sounds like you're approaching gratitude in, in a fresh new way. Yeah, it is. Um, it actually ties to how I approach crystals. That was sort of the next evolution for me was I was sitting in meditation one day and I was like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> What's next? <laughs> I had just finished the crystal healing journal and I just heard one word gratitude. And I had been having a hard time um, at that point. Um, this is like four or five months ago with the, the gratitude practice as we think of it, which is you get a journal, there are bullet points that you fill out. I was grateful for this and this, and like, there was a level of, um, like I couldn't find the intimacy that I was looking for in that way of thinking about it. So um, I came across the myth of Persephone would you mind if I tell you the story? No, I would, I would love to okay. hear it. And that myth sort of opened up a new way of thinking about gratitude for me. So Persephone is the, um, the goddess daughter of Demeter and god Zeus in the Greek mythology. And she's this, she wears flowers. She's this beautiful flower child. Um, and, um, grows into a beautiful woman and she loves being outside in the sun and she loves flowers and she she can recognize the different nectars different scents of flowers and one day as she's playing in the sun-drenched beautiful meadow um she sees this beautiful flower that she's drawn to just as she's about to touch that flower the earth parts way the earth opens up and swallows her to the to the underground what happened was um god hades the the god of the underworld was in love with persephone and he wanted to get her to his kingdom so persephone is drawn to the darks like from this beautiful sun-drenched day she's drawn to the darkness of the underworld there it's dark it's like the scents are unusual she's not used to it um of course she doesn't want to stay there <laughs> and <laughs> and her mom begins to negotiate her release but while while she does persephone is left in the underworld and she she you know slowly begins to get used to the 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 scents and the sounds of the underworld and it's dark, but it has a certain scent to it. And then she's drawn to the scent of um, these fruits, pomegranate fruits by her bedside. And she goes up and picks one up and she tastes the seed, tastes the seed, which, which tastes like um, it's red. It looks like blood. It's, um, it's not quite like the beautiful nectars of the um, overworld, but there's a certain scent to it. And once she tastes that, all of a sudden, like everything in the underworld becomes alive for Persephone. She's able to see a little bit more. She's able to 
appreciate the silence a little bit more. She's able to now see all the layers that she traveled down to that level and sort of understand that that this seed is just another season of the flowers on the over on over the ground. So then Demeter negotiates her release. Just so this myth happens to uh, to explain the seasons, then it's said that um, Persephone um, spends two thirds of her time above the ground and then one third under the ground because she did taste the pomegranate seed. She's now um, had a taste of what it is like to be under the ground, so she's like she can't completely let it go. <laughs> so for me. When I feel into this myth, first of all, the first thing is when sh she comes out of the underworld, she's not the same person. She's not only tasted the fruits and the seeds and, and the, you know, smelled the flowers above the ground, but she's also been through every different layer of the underworld and she's tasted the seed of the pomegranate, like deep, deep under the ground, almost like in the belly of the beast. So she, there's more experience there. She's experienced more life. And when she goes out into the sun, the sun is so much brighter. The colors are so much more vibrant. The nectars, oh my God, the scent of the nectar, so beautiful. So she's able to appreciate what she had even more. But she also appreciates what she went and experienced underworld. So she used to be just above the ground in the conscious realm. She was in the happy land, but she's experienced what it means and feels to go into the um, the subtler realms of our subconscious um, into the flesh of our skin, all those hidden treasures inside of our skin, the soil of our body. So there are things to be appreciated, even in the darkest looking places inside and in, inside the body and inside our psyche. So that to me was a whole new level of, it opened the door to a new way of saying, okay, if this were true, if I can find a nectar, not just in the sunny fields, but also in the depths, in the heights of my being and in the width of my being, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What can I ask myself every day to get to that place of finding the nectar in every single thing in my life. So that's how the 40 days of gratitude journal was born. I know this took a long, no. long explanation. I love that's, it. That's sort of the gist of it. Wow. Yeah. I love that. You know, myths are so much like dreams. Like as you were explaining that, you know, some people would just see it as like this, this story of this Persephone who got kidnapped and taken into the underworld and made it back, but goes back every now and then, but there's so much depth to it. And I love what you shared and how it resonated with you and how it's inspired you to actually connect in with gratitude on such a deeper way and your being in such a deeper way. And dreams, dreams are so much like that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then the other question I asked myself was, okay, what if the the over over the ground represented the, the now? What gifts and presence can we find in the past? In the sort of it's you know we can remember, but then the light is dimming on certain memories, right? So that's a little bit of a darkness. And then what gifts and nectar and presence can we find um, in the future? So then it becomes a different exploration. It becomes looking at your wounding wounded places and saying what sort of sweet um, hidden earned and learned wisdom was here for me and that begins to transform your relationship with your past and with your wounding um, and that's another element of the journal um, that hopefully will will get you to find the nectar the deep hidden nectar in your life wow and so where can people get this journal my website is the easiest okay <laughs> You can just go to adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. And there's a link that says journals. You can take a look at my other journals as well. Um, and yeah, it's available on Amazon, basically, for you to um, order and, and get started. And I've, uh, I've structured it in 40 days. There's an element of traditional spiritual practice, which is you could approach it as you do it every single day. And if you miss a day, you start from day zero. That's one way of doing it. Or you could keep coming back to it whenever you need to. You could open up a page and start there. Um, the only thing I would say is it would make the most difference in your life if you have some sort of regularity, even if it's like every week, even if it's not every day, just every week to come back to it. And you could come back to the same day and add to the same questions even. So, yeah. Mm, wow. I love that. I love, uh, it's like taking it a step deeper, this gratitude and really, really expanding it. Yeah. Yeah. And similar to the crystals, it becomes a, a beloved practice of, um, looking for the sweetnesses it, it when it you know that's the question that comes back to my mind i i that question i ask myself every single day is where is the nectar in this moment where is the hidden sweetness mm -hmm. that is um wanting to be known in this moment and even that simple question might be your um, guiding principle as you write yeah it's like where's that pomegranate seed yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not a flower. Maybe it's not in full bloom yet, but there is potential of a lot of sweetness hidden somewhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so, um, everybody go to Damla's website, <laughs> check out her journals. And you also have um, some quizzes and some mini courses that people can get their hands on too. I do. There's a mini course about uh, crystal healing myths. So we talked about a few things, but there's more there if you are interested in getting your um, approach to crystals in a, in, a, in a lovely, loving place. So that's a great place to start. I have a quiz called Your Energetic Wounds that you can take to find out what your energetic wounds are and how they show up in your body. That to me is like the absolute essential starting point 
once you identify those like where could there be some vibrational dissonance or noise in me and then you begin your healing journey um and i'm available for pri private sessions there's there's a ton of information there but um just take mm -hmm. a look and i'm very reachable reach out to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll put all the links below in this episode description so you'll have them there and then for your one-on-one -on -one sessions you you do remote sessions as well right yes yeah yeah Perfect. And then you're, you're on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and all that fun stuff. So, um, before we go, I want to ask a final question, which is if I'm going to ask all my, my podcast guests, this question, if I remember, <laughs> and so you're the first one I'm asking. And that question is if you could give a younger version of yourself advice, what would it be? Hmm. I think it would be, um, allowing herself to feel good <laughs> mm. it took me a while to figure this out because i'm coming from a very um i should say striving mindset or um more analytical mindset and um within that um I would say it's okay to feel good and, and move toward things that feel good. Mm, I love that. That's so simple yet. So powerful. Yeah. And I keep reminding that myself to myself <laughs> every single day because old habits, um, old ingrained thoughts, because, um, I mean, there's, there's so much, so many expectations that we put on ourselves and so many um, assumptions that we have about how life should be. What if the one single assumption is that you're, you're supposed to feel good and that's okay. <laughs> that's allowed <laughs> to move I like that. Towards, yeah. Towards um, just ease and goodness. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. It was so lovely to hear how you approach crystals and healing. And wow, there's a lot in here. A lot. I love how you really broke it down to be simple, even with putting dishes away. I'm like, yes, they are made of ceramic, but those are crystals and minerals and we can connect with it. And oh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with my pleasure. Thanks for doing this. I'm excited for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Dream Collective Podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. If you enjoyed listening, please make sure you subscribe. And if you feel called, even share this podcast and leave a review for me. That helps. Thank you so much. Wishing you a magical day.